Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It is the pregame show on a Sunday live from our South Point Sportsbook Studios as we welcome you in. Ben Wilson with you today, joined by Scott Seidenberg on the East Coast, who is a, he's a happy man today for a number of reasons. A, gets to do the show with, uh, with me here. Always great to be along with you, Scott, from, uh, from the East Coast of New York for the next three hours. This hour here on the pregame show, then we'll stick around for betting across America. But you're, you're going to be a busy man here soon. I know you've, you've already got off to a good start, college football week zero, and you're moving out here uh, in a couple weeks. So fun time to be Scott Seidenberg, right? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm just so happy that college football is back. Yesterday felt like a holiday for me. It's like waking up on Christmas morning for everybody out there or New Year's Eve, just wanting to celebrate and party. It was just such a great atmosphere yesterday. Just talking to everybody about real college football games, not preseason NFL, Mm -hmm. not breaking down (laughs) win totals or futures, actually talking about games that were being played that day was a tremendous feeling. Were you the most excited man in the country when we saw our first score of the college football season of safety because you were the first person I thought of uh, when, when that happened. Well, especially sitting with my Illinois plus seven ticket, I was very happy that they scored the first points of the season with the safety. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Your classic two nothing start. We would not want it any other way as college football fans. And now things are underway. So while today on the pregame show, uh, we will talk about the MLB slate coming up as always loaded Sunday slate. We're almost uh, Scott, as, as you just alluded to a moment ago, we're almost mercifully done with the, uh, with the NFL preseason slate, but still five more games to get to also some injury news coming out of last night's games that we will break down as well today, but but first, Scott, wanted to get your thoughts on some of the early line moves we're already seeing, because with some of these few week zero games that we have now in the books, we have seen some adjustments now, looking forward to week one with a number of marquee matchups. We will circle back, touch on Nebraska and Illinois, uh, respectively, with Illinois. They do have a week one game. Some of these teams off next week with the built-in bye. But Scott, let's let's first start with UCLA. This was another bet. I know you, uh, you were on the under in that game, and uh, despite the efforts of the Hawaii uh, freshman kicker slash punter, I, man, uh, the, all the Hawaii plus 18 backers I knew, as soon as uh, he, he basically goes to a knee to field his first punt, I'm like, it's going to be a long day at the Rose Bowl. Uh, but 
Outside of that, that, that under comes home pretty uh, pretty routinely. 44-10, to 10, UCLA gets the win, and the cover is a large favorite. Curious, though, to, to see the, the reaction, and uh, we'll see, Scott, if you think this is overreaction at all, is it'll be a marquee game a week, from, uh, a week from yesterday, next Saturday in week one, as they take on LSU, and a game that for most of the offseason was set at around four, maybe four and a half at some spots, total of around 59 and a half. During the game, actually, yesterday, Scott, that was on air over at Circa, and they were hanging a two LSU down to two on that game. Most of the market is now settled at three after the result last night. We've also seen uh, the, the total dip a few points after the low scoring output, 69 and a half down to 66 and a half. Is that a fair uh, reaction what we saw out of the Bruins yesterday and, and their upcoming matchup here with LSU? Could be a slight overreaction, but I think that keeping them at, you know, plus three or above is the right play. If it, I, I, two is just incredible. The fact that you saw that at Circa, there was no way that was going to stand because anything under a field goal to me is an auto fire on LSU. Uh, I think it could be a little bit of an overreaction. You see, it like look good, but they did what we expected them to do, right? They ran the ball effectively. Hawaii's defense did not play well at all uh, during Thompson Robinson did not even play late in the game and they took their foot off the pedal in the second half, which is what we thought they were going to do. Now, they're going to go up against a much better team, especially defensively in LSU. They're going to have to kick up the tempo. They're going to want to play with a high, fast pace against LSU, something that we really didn't see for the large part of that game yesterday against Hawaii. So it'll be interesting to see the way that Chip Kelly plays this now against LSU, a much more talented team that can score with them and then of course defensively can stop them so I think that it's a little bit of an overreaction dipping down to maybe a field goal or below you know I'm putting a spread on this game it's LSU three and a half and I'd be shocked if it goes below that Again, he is Scott Seidenberg. Follow him at Scott's on air. And we should point out, saw that uh, dip to two momentarily, immediately got risen back up. And as soon as game time ended, this was, I think Circa realized, oh, all right, maybe it was one bet that came in uh, during the game as, as people. Uh, no, nobody ever overreacts to the first week of the season, do they, Scott? But, yes, three threes either juiced to the LSU side or threes and a half now is what you're seeing across the board. Will not shock. It doesn't sound like it'll shock you or, or shock anybody if this gets back uh, to four. The one thing I'll just follow up with uh, before we turn to some of the other games and other open uh, other opening lines for next week you, you mentioned DTR and look at he's fine 10 of 20 missed some open guys and for the most part as, as you allude to had a big lead didn't have to ask him to do much how much could you take away from uh, from his performance since that's obviously a, a pretty big part of the handicap for next week yeah, not much. I mean, there were a couple of throws you'd like to see him have back, but there really wasn't anything to take away from that game that kind of swayed you one way or the other uh, away or even you know further reinforced your preseason handicap on him. He's a guy who's been there for several years now. You know what to expect from him. I think you were really uh, maybe impressed by what the rest of the offense was able to do. Um, the running game especially, uh, that's something that really shined against Hawaii. I don't know if it'll be that effective against LSU, as we mentioned, a much better defensive team. So I think that's probably the one takeaway from this game. The defense played extremely well. Uh, Hawaii helped that one out a lot, obviously. Uh, but the defense looked great, and I think the running game is probably the biggest thing that stood out for me in terms of watching UCLA and kind of changing or just shifting a little bit of what I thought before the game. Uh, yeah, and UCLA, one of the two Power 5 teams to get a win yesterday. The other one being the first game of the year, the aforementioned 2 nothing start to Nebraska, Illinois, and Champaign. You were on the dog in that one, Scott, and, and dog betters were, uh, were happy betters, at least in that game. Favorites won pretty, or covered pretty easily in all the other uh, action yesterday, but Illinois gets the outright win, 30-22 to 22, as a 7 uh, or 7.5 point underdog, depending on, uh, on where you looked, and kind of remarkable that they do it. You see uh, some of the, the, the photos from the game yesterday. Do it, for the most part, with a backup quarterback, albeit one in Arthur Sitkowski who had starting experience at Rutgers, and what's interesting to me, Scott, just first looking ahead to the Illinois side of this for next week. They host UTSA. They will be back in action on Saturday and haven't seen a whole lot of changes as far as the line. This had already opened at six and a half to Illinois. It's between six and six is six and a half sevens out there. Uh, but the total has come down and, and crashed pretty heavily. I'm sure partly because of the defensive output we saw much improved Illini defense shutting down Adrian Martinez in Nebraska. But also, I guess uh, the, the thought being, well, could we see another week of a backup quarterback did not look good. Uh -huh. The injury to Brandon Peters and I'm seeing as low as uh, one book, William Hill out here in town, uh, Scott has a 47 hung up 
48s at Circa. This was 52 and a half, 53. Um, most of the other spots in the market. What are your thoughts on, on that from a total perspective on Illinois? It makes sense. Uh, I was really impressed with Ryan Walters' defense. You know, coming over from Missouri, you know he was going to bring some of the packages and schemes that he ran last season. They obviously shifted their formations uh, from a 4-3 to a 3-4, and they look really good. I mean, there's talent on this Illinois defense, but they just haven't played up to that talent in previous seasons. Well, they look really good against the quarterback in Adrian Martinez, who turns the ball over a lot. So uh, kind of played into everything that we thought was going to happen in our pregame handicap. You mentioned Sitkowski, who did start at Rutgers, has experience, and also last season had the nation's longest streak of passes without an interception, or excuse me, the second longest streak in the country of passes without an interception. So he's a guy who protects the football. He did throw an interception yesterday that got wiped off because of a penalty, so we cancel that out. Um, and so if they can, if they can keep. You know, the, the football, keep the time of possession by running the ball as well. Uh, they should have no problem picking up a second win of the season against a team that they are favored to beat at home. What, what, what a start that would be for the Brett Bielema era. Potentially 2-0 and in, uh, in Champaign. My mom, we talked yeah. about this last week, and I, you know, I'll, I'll retroactively apologize for, you know, saying, look, the home field advantage, come on, it's Champaign. We've had games where they have like eight students in, uh, in, the, in the crush, orange crush section. My mother, proud uh, Illini alum, she was uh, very happy uh, yesterday, I'll say that. On the Nebraska side, though, Scott, uh, they'll, they'll take on Fordham, FCS opponent, no line out for that next week, but uh, that's, that's probably the least of their, of their concerns, even thinking about it. From a general perspective, here we see again a the the off the field concerns for Scott Frost this entire program which we knew would be somewhat of a, of a factor coming in with the ongoing NCAA investigations into uh, into their practice habits but the, probably the more pressing issues just the performance on the field and the lack of cohesion it just looked like throughout the game for Adrian Martinez at the quarterback spot if you're better here looking forward for for Nebraska in the Scott Frost season is is this uh, you know not to again we always overreact it seems like to week zero but how bad is this going to get and how ugly do you see this season continuing to be for Scott Frost in Nebraska. Oh, they're a fade spot, absolutely. And it will be ugly. He's going to get fired. Uh, and he's going to get fired with cause because of this investigation. This investigation, which, by the way, did they look like a team that's getting in trouble for practicing too much? No, I don't think so. They Not look quite. like a team that's, <laughs> it doesn't look like that, right? You would think if you're getting in trouble for practicing too much, you'd look a little better than what we saw yesterday. But the reality is, is that there are people that within that program and the boosters that are just they're smiling ear to ear that this investigation is going on because now they can fire him with cause and get out of any money that they're going to have to owe him. They are not happy with Scott Frost. It has not worked out. It was a novel idea at the beginning, but it has not worked out and they are going to get rid of him and they're going to use this investigation as the reason to get rid of him. Uh, the only thing that could have saved him was a successful season, but there's not a lot of winnable games on this schedule and you lose a winnable game against Illinois and all of a sudden you are staring in the face of just another putrid season. Yeah, sure. They'll beat Fordham. Okay. Right. They'll probably beat Buffalo. Although don't be surprised if Buffalo hangs with them and then they're going to get walloped by Oklahoma. So at best they're going to be two and two and it's going to be another losing season for the Huskers and Scott Frost will be out of a job. Nebraska at Oklahoma week three early kickoff in Norman. What, what do you make that line uh, right now? Scott 28. <laughs> Probably 27 and a half. That feels fair. Might not be enough. Uh, I, I mean, I could that could easily be a game that's 35-3 at the half. You could you could certainly see that. Uh, so so not uh, fun times for the folks in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, with Illinois getting the upset win yesterday. Other uh, quick game I wanted to look at, look ahead to, and sometimes we also see this with these early season games, Scott, where you see the mid-major teams that are probably going to be in. This is like the one time they're in really the national spotlight with so other few games going on. Fresno State was in was in that mold yesterday. People uh, tuning into CBS Sports Network, they demolish UConn, a team with not a whole lot of weapons it was obvious what three minutes into the game UConn would not be able to move the football at all so Fresno State does cover a large spread 45 nothing win as 27 and a half uh, point favorite stays under the 63 total I just wonder too like we we will see them now next week in action in Eugene Oregon quite the step up in class to say the least so they go to Oregon but look I'm, I'm sure there's some betters out there that liked what they saw out of Fresno State albeit against very subpar competition and might think that uh, getting three touchdowns is, uh, is is a nice bet they were getting 20 
20 in the opening market. Has been bet down a little bit, down to 19.5 or so total. Uh, pretty much uh, still the same at 61.5. Any reason to think that uh, Fresno State, despite that huge jump in both location and class, can keep it close against Oregon next week? Uh, I'd be looking towards the total uh, to see how many points are going to get scored. This Fresno State team, their offense is, is you know, they're highly touted and, and they're going to score points. And a lot of people are very high on this offense. Uh, and yes, did it help playing a putrid UConn team that didn't even play football last year? Yes, absolutely it helped. I mean, there was one still image, if you saw it circulating on the internet, where uh, Fresno State wide receiver had the football and five UConn players were around him. Uh, he scored a touchdown on that play. So <laughs> it was one of those before and after photos that was just unbelievable to see uh, that the player actually scored a touchdown on that play. Uh, they can score points, though. They really can. And we all know Oregon's talent. Anthony Brown, the former BC quarterback, is going to be leading the way there for the Ducks. Um, you know, can the Oregon defense, led by Kayvon Thibodeau, can they slow down the Fresno State offense? Uh, you know, Oregon, heavy favorite for a good reason. They should win this football game. Uh, I do think Fresno could hang with them, and I think the over could come into play as well. Yeah, you get 20, 19 and a half. That's, uh, that's the type of points you, you'll be getting for Fresno State. Just look, in general, we're so glad. I know Scott Seidenberg is to have college football back. We had the, yes, the starting year safety. We had the screenshots, yes, of that uh, that you mentioned, the just total incompetence on the UConn defending. We had the message. The message boards are back. That's probably my favorite part of all this, uh, Scott. The message boards are back. We saw the Nebraska fans. They think they could get, uh, you see, one of they think they can get Urban Meyer if things go south at uh, Jackson. What do you think about that? <laughs> that's not happening. Okay. Don't think that. They're, I mean, they're throwing out guys. It was just comical to see the guys, uh, guys they're throwing out. So, yes, college football back. We will, uh, as now we go forward, we'll have more uh, college football to, uh, to get to now in, in the, the weeks to come. And, uh, yeah, starting really next Saturday, we'll, uh, we'll have all sorts of games to be previewing here on the pregame show. We do, as I, I think mercifully is the right word to use, uh, Scott. We're almost mercifully through the NFL preseason. Unfortunately, a couple teams uh, get bit by the injury bug, which we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit. At least for today, one early game, Jaguars, Cowboys, sound the alarm. These teams are both winless uh, in, in the preseason so far. I, I, you know, I would think, Scott, that the betters in general appetites would be wet by having the college football back and, and real action to bet on. But still, there is action as always on these NFL preseason games. We saw the Jaguars get as high as laying four at uh, Jerry World today. Down to uh, it was four and a half, excuse me, down to four, pretty much market wide total of thirty six and a half or uh, or thirty six. Likely to see more Trevor Lawrence in this game. You would uh, you would think today, especially after the news that uh, Jacksonville just trades Gardner Minshew to Philadelphia. So from from your perspective on uh, on this one, seems like Jacksonville will have the edge as far as personnel. Is that enough to make you want to lay, though, a four-point spread? No, but and, and I actually think that it might go the opposite way. I think we might not see, you know, any any bit of Trevor Lawrence because, um, you know, what's the backup situation now in Jacksonville getting rid of Gardner Minshew? And this is the final preseason game. You could use it as a dress rehearsal. I still think Urban Meyer is finding his way and is not really sure of how to handle this uh, because it's a, it's a different year as in previous seasons. The, the roster deadlines have changed. He has to get his team down to 53. He's going to probably want to see what he has and we could see some guys that are going to be practice squad players playing in this game. Urban Meyer, potential uh, Nebraska head coach in 2022. If you listen to the message boards, I don't know, set the odds on that at about uh, 10,000 to 1. I think that's, that's probably a fair, fair price on that, Scott. Uh, we're just getting started here. It is the pregame show from Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. On the other side, big golf tournament getting set to start. A couple of big names, too, at the top of the leaderboard. We'll give you our thoughts on that. The BMW Championship, round number four, up next here on the pregame show. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's really against Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? 
Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This weekend, you have the rare opportunity to get a sneak peek at the latest game to enter the sports wagering markets. Highlight, it's the world's fastest ball sport with speeds exceeding 150 miles per hour, and you can watch the best Highlight in the U.S. live all weekend long at HighlightChannel.com. That's J-A-I-A-L-A-I Channel.com. It's fast, it's furious, and it's on now. Catch all the action of the U.S. National Championships live this weekend. Check it out on HighlightChannel.com. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the thrills and danger of the world's fastest ball sport played in a glass-walled court by the best players in the United States. Tune in to watch live right now at HighlightChannel.com. That's J-A-I-A-L-A-I Channel.com. Brought to you by Magic City Highlight and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. We're back with uh, the, the sharpest Highlight handicapper in the business, Scott Steinberg, on, uh, on the pregame show. I know you, uh, sounds like an exciting thing. Of course, you're not, the, not look, you're moving here to Las Vegas, so you, uh, you I don't know, you will uh, be betting Highlight anytime soon, Scott, but uh, we're looking forward to having you out here in uh, on the West Coast. Right now, joining us from, uh, from the East Coast, New York area, and uh, I'm sure for you as well, be excited to 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 wake up early. You 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 move out here, and then right after that, we have the Ryder Cup, and it's going to be some uh, some early rises for you there. Uh, betting on the Ryder Cup going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. What a great event it is. Uh, I, I you know obviously um, a Team USA guy, but you know the, the the smart money might have to go elsewhere. So we'll see. Well, and it's, a, it's I'm glad you bring that up because today we have the final round of the BMW Championship. Even though this is the penultimate event on the FedEx Cup playoffs, mm-hmm. Tour Championship goes to East Lake in Atlanta next uh, next week. At the same time, this is the final round. The deadline for the Ryder Cup standings will close off after today's round. And how it works, the top six guys in the, the whole overall points list for the Ryder Cup. Those guys automatically qualify. Then Steve Stricker, he'll have six captain's picks to uh, to go towards Whistling Straits and Kohler. A little bit different on the European Tour. They have a separate event going on right now. It would take a lo- really long time to explain. Wes Reynolds is not here, so we, we just won't do that. They have, like, two different leaderboards. It's a whole it's a whole thing, Scott. But the point being today, you have Bryson DeChambeau, who is already, he's already a guaranteed uh, entry to the Ryder Cup team. 21 under. He had that incredible round, the 60 on Friday. 
And then we saw, I mean, it was like uh, a shooter McGavin at, uh, at the Cleveland <laughs> Open, like the, 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 the roar when Bryson drove into the water on the par three yesterday, Scott. I've never heard anything like that, uh, cheering on a golfer for screwing up. But he, you know, he rebounds despite having a, a rough day uh, with his approach shot. His putter really saved his, his bacon yesterday, still fires a 67. He's 21 under, your betting tournament favorite. Just about every market in town at both here in Nevada and on the East Coast has Bryson DeChambeau, about plus 120. Patrick Cantley, also 21 under. He was outstanding as well uh, yesterday and has, has putted uh, in, incredibly well all weekend. He's at 21 under as well, plus 175. Really, those are your two guys. You have Sung JM three back in third place right now at 18 under. Between Bryson and Cantley, uh, Scott, any, anywhere you look with, uh, with those two guys, certainly seems like it's going to be one of those two who, uh, who wins the, the BMW this week. Yeah, I, I just don't find value on either of those guys. You know, Bryson at plus one, plus one twenty, plus one twenty-five um, is okay. I, I do expect him to win. Um, I look for value a little further down the leaderboard. Somebody that has a chance, maybe about five strokes back. Uh, that's kind of the limit that I use when it comes to Sunday. So I sprinkled a little bit on John Rahm. You know, plus fourteen hundred. He's five strokes off the lead. Shot a sixty-three in his opening round. Had a bad day yesterday, but you know, you know he's capable of putting up a low number so if he shoots like a 62 or a 63 here today maybe that puts himself into contention if Bryson or Cantley struggles uh, a little bit so you know maybe Bryson puts up a 70 and John Rahm has a 63 and next thing you know John Rahm's on top of your leaderboard right. so I think at plus 1400 you get a good uh, you get good value for a golfer who is one of the best in the world so uh, that's what I did I always look for the guys like I said within five strokes on the final day is what I will go for oh yeah like value is key, betting these things. And by the way, all the leaders, you've still got time to bet this. They'll tee off just before 2 o'clock Eastern time today. So you still have a little over an hour to make those bets. And you were like, uh, you were spot on, Tony Finau, coming from behind the pack. I think oh, was I wish I did it. Fan. Oh, man. We, we both, we kind of liked it. I remember, I think I said, look, just bet him in the top five markets if you can get him or matchups. Don't actually bet him to win outright. And of course, he goes ahead and wins his first event since 2016. Wins the, wins the thing outright. I'll say this. I, I kind of actually would, I, I do like Cantley again. At the, at the price of sub two to one, I don't think the as, as we talk about the value is not really worth it. But I'll say this: if Cantley wins, he will move up to sixth in the Ryder Cup standings. He'll be an automatic mm -hmm. qualifier. If he does not win, he'll likely be seventh. And uh, Scotty, you might disagree with me on this. I don't think he's a lock to be a captain's pick by uh, by Steve Stricker. He's a guy who's really struggled on the big stage throughout his career. I, so this, like, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. But he's also two of the best putting rounds in his career. His career have come this week. So it would not stun me if Cantley is the one. He has outdueled guys before in lesser tournaments. I think uh, I think Cantley would, my, would uh, be my pick this week. At least uh, for today. Right, sure. I like it. Uh, sure. It's, it's a ringing endorsement from <laughs> Scott Seidberg. Uh, we, we will see. It's, again, going to start here in a little bit over an hour. The penultimate weekend of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Final 30 guys cut down from 70. Go to the Tour Championship next week. Later on, betting across America will keep you posted on all the action there. On the other side, though, a lot of baseball to get to. We'll start to preview the Sunday slate for you next here on v the Sports Betting Network. planning your football contest strategy and the VEASAN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VEASAN experts have won major football contests around Las Vegas. Our guide will give insights on against the spread contests as well as survivor pools to give you a winning edge. Download the VEASAN NFL Guide today for only $19.99 or get VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We are back. It's the pregame show here on a Sunday from across America, leading right into betting across America with Scott Seidenberg on the East Coast. Ben Wilson with you from the South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. As much, Scott, as we're excited to have college football back, precipice of NFL, a lot of other sports now uh, getting at least you know deep into their seasons. We'll have a major tennis championship starting Monday. You know I'm excited uh, for that, especially. At the same time, though, 
Baseball, still going to happen every day. And we're now getting into the nitty-gritty of the year, basically a month left. We have a really good idea at this point who the contenders are, which teams are clearly not really tanking, but they've just pretty much mailed it in from a personnel perspective for for the rest of the year. I know, Look, bookmakers have told us, Scott, in the past, they love this time of year, not just because of the handle on the football. It's that the handle on the baseball decreases because betters are, are not killing them and picking them off every single day with, uh, with some, especially a year like this, with so many teams struggling to win on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, is for, for you, a guy, you know, you basically bet everything. What's your strategy as we now turn our attention to a time of year that gets to be, quite frank, extremely busy across uh, all sports? Do you, do you still find yourself uh, betting a good amount of baseball as we, we get into uh, the September months? That you can find. And I know that I think at this time of the year, it's more uh, sharp money coming in uh, on Major League Baseball because people do tend to forget about it with uh, with football here. But there are advantages that you can find up and down the board. Now, some of these lines might be a little bit outrageous because you have teams that are in playoff contention playing against teams that are just, you know, playing out the strings. But you can still look at other aspects of these games to wager on. You could look at team totals. You could look at first five uh, run lines is a big thing for me. So I think that there are advantages that you can find, especially when you have teams that have a clear leg up on their opponent. Uh, you know, you're not going to risk a minus 260 on a team, but if you expect them to go out there and score, maybe play their team total over. So it depends on the game. It depends on the situation. But I absolutely think that there are advantages up and down the baseball betting board. And look, example like a perfect example like this for the early slate. D- does anybody really want to lay minus two? I'm seeing minus 250 with Chris Archer and the Rays in Baltimore. Like, look, it's the Orioles. Worst team in baseball by a pretty wide margin at this point. But, yeah, to your point, are you really going to be laying two and a half dollars? I just did a 250 on, on a single baseball game. I, I don't think so. But this is a total that's 10. You have uh, the you have Watkins on the mound today for Baltimore, one of the, the worst, as we know, worst pitching staff ERA now, well over five at this point. And there you see it's even uh, we're showing on our screen via VEASAN.com as high as minus 270 uh, into the market. So, like, what do you do with a game like this if, if you're saying, and I mean, in-game can obviously be an option as well. Well, here we're just obviously looking at some of these uh, pregame options. Rays were a good plus money option yesterday as they were down in that game one nothing. John Means did have a good start, but he went out. Orioles bullpen took over, and uh, you probably can guess the rest. Tampa comes back, wins that game. Like, what's the strategy with, with a game like this where you've got such a massive early spread, but obviously a lot of other ways to bet this? Yeah, like taking a first five run line. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays to have a lead after five innings is going to be somewhere around 150 to 160, which is a lot better than taking the run line on the game at minus 175 and certainly a lot better than taking the game money line at minus 270. The Tampa Bay Rays are 17 and one this year against the Orioles. 14 of those 17 wins have been by two or more runs. And you mentioned how bad Watkins has been. Five runs in six innings last time versus the Rays. He's allowed 27 runs in his last 21 innings and even though Archer hasn't gotten out of the third inning yet as he's still slowly acclimating to coming back into this rotation uh, I expect the Rays to jump out to a lead here so I'd be looking at you know something like the Rays. maybe you can bet the Rays to score first but certainly the first five innings on the run line Rays minus a half a run uh, to think to think that they're going to have a lead after five innings to me is a very good bet here. Yeah, you look at yeah, Spencer Watkins. He hasn't even been the worst starter for Baltimore. That's kind of how bad it's been. You, you lay out some of uh, some of the numbers for the Orioles. You, you keep in mind too, it's not just that it's been, and that's like that's a that's a hell of a uh, head-to-head there, seventeen and one for for divisional teams. But you think about it, it's this too. I mean, we, we've seen how good the Yankees have been, uh, and, and you've obviously been following them very closely all year. Just finally had the thirteen-game winning streak snapped yesterday in Oakland, but still look for for Tampa Bay. Despite as good as they have been playing, and despite the lead they've built up in the AL East, it's not. Not like they're taking their foot off the gas against teams like this. I mean, it's a five-game lead, which is as we've seen, yeah. that's the sort of thing that can evaporate in a heartbeat. We've already seen the uh, the San Diego Padres in the NL wild card race. They had a similar type lead over the Reds. I mean, it took what a week and a half for that thing to vanish. So it's not like you know we can we can talk about letdown spots for some of these teams. But the reality is, I mean, would you agree with this? I mean, these teams are still playing hard every day. There's not going to be a whole lot of that outside of maybe some unique, specific uh, situations with maybe a good good pitcher on an, on an ace on the other side. 
Yeah, and listen, the magic number for the Rays is four, right? As long as they have a four-game lead going into that final series against the Yankees, then they're guaranteed to win the division. So they have to maintain this lead, and the goal is obviously to stay above that four-game threshold. So every game matters. You know, the Yankees, uh, you mentioned 13-game winning streak, and they still trailed in the division by four games. That's because the Rays just keep winning. So uh, every game is of the utmost importance when you're playing for the division versus a wild card. And you look at, to mention the other, uh, the, speaking of the wild card race, and that has gotten very interesting now in the American League with some of these recent struggles by Oakland despite the win yesterday. On the other side, it's really turned into a, a two-team race, at least for the second spot, Cincinnati and San Diego. I, I know a lot of the books on the East Coast, Scott, who were hanging pretty much daily yes-no to make the playoffs odds. Those are now, for the most part, all down, uh, which is a shame because Reds were in the two-to-one range about a, a month, month and a half ago, which would have been uh, certainly looking really good at the moment. Reds do lose yesterday. Day. Rough outing for Vladimir Gutierrez gives up five, a five spot in the first inning. Rubber game of their three game set in Miami against Jesus Cesardo and the Marlins. They get Tyler Malley on the mound, who's been solid for this Reds team. A rotation that is partly with their, their resurgence in the wild card race has been partly due to that rotation as a whole. You'd have to lay nearly $2, though. It's as high as minus 190. Run line uh, pretty much even minus 120. A little bit of juice still on the, the run line at minus one and a half with the total fairly low of about eight. That was seven and a half, by the way. Yesterday, it had the, the five runs in the first inning for Miami. What do you what do you look at with a team like Cincinnati that's uh, clearly being being uh, being valued probably probably pretty uh, accurately? You have to say by the market with this recent streak they're on. Yeah, and it's the same thing for me. I'm going to jump on them to have a lead after five innings at minus about minus 150, even less uh, with that minus a half run run line. Uh, Jesus Lazardo is an absolute mess. He really is. Since becoming a Marlin, these are the scores in his games. The runs allowed. 3, 7, 5, 4, 5. 24 runs on 31 hits in 22 innings in August. He's an absolute disaster. So I expect the Reds to jump out early and often against him. Scott, that sounds like a pretty good third starter for the Orioles to me. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. They, they could use that type of production. Oh, that's less than a run per inning. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, that's a couple of like, big favorites will be, uh, will be the key today. Look, on the other side, though, we'll get into our best bets. There's actually a dog I kind of like here. It might surprise you, Scott, but I'm going to get into that next as we wrap up the pregame show here on v the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Preseason is almost finished. It's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide. The guide is only $19.99 and available now. Our experts prof- provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we are back, final segment of the pregame show, but we encourage you stick uh, stick around. We've got Betting Across America coming up, and one of those authors in the uh, NFL betting guide for VSIN this year. Jonathan Von Tobel, he'll join us here uh, in, in about an hour's time on Betting Across America as we are back with Scott Seidenberg on the East Coast. I'm Ben Wilson. And Scott, time for some best bets as we get into uh, the, the end of our pregame show. We also have some NFL news to get to as well here to, to wrap up the hour. Uh, but I know you, you, like, you like a couple favorites, and it makes a lot of sense laying the run line in, in the first five, trying to take advantage of the positions they are in. Uh, I'm going to look, though, to, uh, to an underdog that is uh, maybe the least one of the least sexy teams out there. That's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, and I, I know you don't uh, – this kind of goes again every, against everything we were just saying where you really – you've got opportunities to go against so many of these teams that are completely out of it. But I at least kind of you know, left our last segment with a little caveat there, and it's specific pitching matchups that might work in your favor. And look, Madison Bumgarner for – he did struggle in his, his last start, but before then had been absolutely dominant, which is kind of crazy to say. I think we all watched Bumgarner have immense struggles the first month of the year, and we saw the fastball velocity way down, Scott, and we just kind of figured, all right, this guy's clearly done. He's just sort of pitching out the string. But had, everybody remembers, too, the seven-inning no-hitter that the MLB will not, uh, you know, will not allow that to be a no-hitter. But he's been pretty good as of uh, as of late. I know overall in the year, 7-8, and 4-17 ERA. But it's it's more been recently that he has really come on strong. And you see the Diamondbacks, pretty juicy plus price. It's partly a play on that. It's partly, at least in the first five for me, I would not bet this full game with a D-back uh, bullpen issue, Scott. But it's more, too, like Ranger Suarez, as much as uh, he's this, been this hot commodity, top prospect for the Phillies, sub-2 ERA, mostly as a reliever. Still, he had a good. He finally had a good start as a starter in his last outing, but he's really struggled kind of adjusting to that role, and he actually got hit pretty hard the first time he faced the Diamondbacks. So I could easily see this spot where the D-backs go up early in this spot before the bullpen inevitably. I, I don't want to say inevitably, but it just seems inevitable that they would blow up, blow a lead. What do you think of that? Yeah, I like them plus the, the run line as well. Plus a run and a half for the full game, plus a half run for the first five. You mentioned Madison Bumgarner last time against uh, Philly. Philly was one run in eight innings, right? Um, Suarez is still getting stretched out as a starter. He allowed one run in his last outing, but you know, against Arizona, you mentioned three runs in four and two-thirds innings got roughed up a bit, so this could be a good underdog spot. Uh, plus a run and a half is where I would lean with the Diamondbacks. It's only about minus 130, minus 120 25, depending on where you look. So I, I think that that could be certainly worth a play. Um, and, and you could take some of these underdogs as well, you know, and play them on the run line if the juice is low enough, because you're, you're getting certainly plenty of advantages, especially with a team that's live that can actually win the game outright. Um, and if they lose, they lose by one because maybe the bullpen blows it or whatnot. But yeah, I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are certainly one of those teams. I think the Giants today are an auto fire for me on the run line. Uh, the Giants as an away underdog this year on the run line 33 wins and four losses so anytime i see the giants plus a run and a half it's an auto fire for me they are getting a run and a half today with anthony di sclafani coming up uh you know a little little injury uh, thing coming off of it Mm -hmm. going up against ian anderson um but the giants still the best team in major league baseball in my opinion and uh you know it's juicy but it's a good parlay piece for me uh to take the giants at plus a run and a half just because as i mentioned 33 and 4 this season as a road underdog catching a run and a half the san francisco giants and you look you might I'd see it on your screen and say, really? Like, minus 175? That seems heavy. Uh, we, we had a similar conversation, Scott, about this last weekend. 
and the Giants in that game against the A's were minus 200 on the on the yeah. plus one and a half. Like it's 30, when you're talking 33 and four, and you're also talking a team of the pedigree of San Francisco. We're at the point now where like they're not going to be dogs in that many games, and in the spots where they are, like I, I completely agree with you. Good spot to uh, to go on them here. And, they uh, had it yesterday. Yeah. It was a situation yesterday, and I parlayed it with the Yankees plus a one and a half, which was a miracle backdoor cover because of Judge's <laughs> two-run home run in the top of the ninth inning. But Yankees lost by one. Giants wound up winning outright. So it just it, it just helped, uh, you know, getting a run and a half. You feel no, good about it, and they went outright. Look, loved uh, Logan Webb, another outstanding start for him yesterday. A number of these guys, and it, like, it can be good teams, bad teams. Bumgarner, who we were just talking about, eight before his last outing, he gave up uh, four runs in his first start of the road trip in Pittsburgh earlier this week. But eight consecutive starts, Scott, allowing two runs or less for a guy who, again, we all just kind of assumed was washed, completely done after last year, and, and you know, his fastball velocity had dipped down right around 91, uh, career low for him. Clearly, the stuff is back, and he's been able to find, really reinvent himself, find new ways to get out. Yeah. So I uh, kind of like that. Uh, and I, I think also it's, we, we talk about some of these divisional races and teams with, with it still have uh, games to play for and, and, and look, have motivation. Philadelphia certainly falls into that category, sure, four and a half games back of Atlanta right now in the NL East. But do we really consider just, like, just, just the fact that they're in the race doesn't really mean they're a good team. You can say that about a number of NL East teams, Scott. And, and to me, Philadelphia has been really unimpressive uh, all year, even though they've hung around. I know like, you could make the case that having big plus price tickets on any of these teams is a good bet just from the value perspective. I know you, you've talked about that in the past when we think about Philadelphia, thinking about Atlanta from when they were big underdogs. But at this point, I, I just don't see it with the way the Braves have opened up uh, a comfortable lead now. It, it only seems like if, if I had to guess, this thing would get widened by Atlanta before it was shrunk in a significant way by Philadelphia. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And it's amazing because uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, you know, who could win this division and the Phillies having the easiest schedule remaining yeah. in Major League Baseball. And then they go get swept by the Diamondbacks. So, you know, forget about the easiest schedule. Forget about who they're playing against. You have to win ball games, And right now the Braves are winning ball games, and the Phillies are not. And so I do expect the Braves to continue this, uh, this run as it's their division now to lose. The Mets were in first place for 90 days, and now they're five games under 500. So uh, things can change rather quickly, but I would think that the Braves are going to run away with this thing. Yeah, look, the, the Mets might, when all said and done, Scott, I mean, they, they could be 15 games out of this. Like, that, that's a pretty realistic, yeah. uh, <laughs> realistic... It's not quite the 2014 Brewers, who I believe led the division for, I think, 140 of the 162 days of the regular season, and, and then uh, not only didn't win the division, but didn't even make the, the playoffs that year. Uh, that was a, a, the Ron Renneke uh, season before he was eventually, uh, eventually can't. Not quite that bad from the Mets, but still uh, not not ideal. And look, we th- talk about the Braves currently, as, as we just talked about, in the minus 130 range today. Good pitching matchup, Ian Anderson versus Anthony DiSclefani of the Giants. But you think about the NL West as well, Scott, and despite the Giants still playing excellent baseball, they've really shown no signs of a letdown, or, or even if you can say they've been playing over their heads, they're still going to keep playing over their heads. That much is obvious with the, with the roster construction and the production they're getting top to bottom in that lineup and the rotation. And yet still, the Dodgers, who have been playing red-hot baseball as of late, still trail in that division by two, two and a half games, and yet they remain pretty healthy favorites uh, in most betting markets to win that division. I know the, the last time we checked in on it, uh, at least last night here on VEASAN, it was still, they were like minus 165 to win the NL West. Do you, do you still think there could be value to be had on the Giants here going forward in the NL West, given that they've got the big edge? And and uh, look, strength of schedule is certainly something you have to look at, but we've seen kind of, kind of the opposite point of what you just made. We've seen the Giants play really well against tough teams, uh, pretty much all year. Yeah, and I love how everybody talks about, oh, well, they got three games against each other, so the Dodgers can win those games, and then they'll be in first place. Uh, okay, and the Giants can win those games and extend their lead even further. So it, it should work both ways. The argument shouldn't just be that the Dodgers have these games that they could beat the Giants. It, it should go the other way for the Giants as well, who could easily beat the Dodgers and extend their lead. Uh, Dodgers missed a big opportunity the other day as well. You know, they're playing against Colorado, the worst road team in Major League Baseball, the Giants lose a game to the Braves, and the Dodgers lose to the Rockies. So they fail to capture a game on 
San Francisco, or else this lead would be even shorter right now going into today. So I still like the Giants to win this division. They have the lead. I mentioned the series that they have going up, coming up against each other. I'll take the team that has the lead right now in the Giants. I look, I, look, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, it's sort of like you think about the Giants, some of the value you could have had before. Well, as a better, you sort of have to sure. throw that aside. I mean, as much as it's tempting to say, well, I could have got him 25 to 1 in May. Well, look, the reality is. We're, we're at a much, you know, as far as what we actually know now and the limited amount of time left, still you can make the case. That's a, that's a good bet still to make, even even if it's much less than, uh, than the value you could have had uh, beforehand. As again, they take on Atlanta today, rubber game of that three-game series. Uh, the other couple of games, at least for teams that are playoff contenders, it is so nice to say that, Scott, be able to say, all right, let's just <laughs> some games with teams that are that are basically, uh, at least, you know, I, not mathematically out of it, but for all well, sense and purposes, basically out of it. Uh, one team, though, that is still fighting in, in the middle of that very interesting AL wildcard race that we touched on a little bit earlier. The Boston Red Sox, who had uh, quite the adventure in a, a near disaster if you were a under nine better yesterday with uh, that 2-2 game that goes to extras, ends up a 5-2-3. They narrowly uh, narrowly escape if you're an under better there, but Tanner Houck's been really good. It's just Boston's not extending him at all. Really, we have not seen him go more than five innings very often this season. Uh, he is uh, about a $1.46 to $1.50 favorite against Morgan and the Indians today in Cleveland with a total set to at 10. Does this fit the bill again for you, Scott, as maybe a, a first five uh, type play, either run line or just straight up? With how good Houck has been, albeit in, uh, in limited action, and, and they've really been reluctant to stretch him out. Yeah, it could be for me. Uh, you know, looking at this matchup, though, I think the Red Sox are going to score runs. Um, so I would be looking at a Red Sox team total in this one because Morgan has allowed three or more runs in nine of 12 starts this season. So you might now pencil in the Red Sox for at least three runs today. Uh, you could look at maybe a first five total as well between Morgan and Hauk. You know, you mentioned Hauk doesn't go deep into games, but he's allowed nine runs in his last 13 innings. Uh, this is a guy who is prone to giving up some runs. So, you know, if the Red Sox score three, Indians score two, that's five, and that's probably right around what the first five total is going to be. You, yeah, uh, no, you're, you're spot teams. on. Yeah, F- uh, five and a little bit of uh, seeing juice to actually five and a, I'm seeing some five and a half. This did get bet a little bit to the over open five. Uh, so now five and a half. But yeah, at the same time, look, uh, we also you always worry too about some of these young guys. Like Hauk was awesome early, but as the innings start to pile up, we saw Vladimir yep. Gutierrez from last night. Great example. Like it, when guys start to hit the wall. Sometimes it can get ugly. Those are other spots that we, we have to look at uh, as well. Uh, the pregame show here been a lot of fun for this first hour of our three together with Scott Seidenberg, Ben Wilson with you on a Sunday. We still have two more hours, though. Betting Across America starts next, and we've got a number of NFL topics to hit on. We'll discuss all of those in just a couple seconds as we continue here on v the Sports Betting Network. that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. 
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 